0: Hello internet and anyone listening, I'm Angelique and this is episode 8 of Read Your Heart Out. If you were with me last week, we chatted about some science fiction book recs, got a little weird, got a little nerdy, as I tend to do. But this week we are accessing probably a different part of our brains altogether and diving into poetry. Now, I may have lost you just by saying the word poetry because more so than any other genre, this one is just kind of funky and weird in the way that we react to it. Um, when it comes to like classic poetry, I think that a lot of people have this generalization that it's super complicated and just like kind of dumb and hard to understand. And then we have the um, comparison of modern poetry, which whew, I don't want to get on like a spiel about modern poetry, but I've got such a massive issues with modern poetry it's honestly crazy there's only one author who i enjoy from her modern poetry and i'm gonna go into her today but i brought this genre up because even me personally was not a huge poetry person growing up i you know i never really connected to the genre the way that i did some other ones i preferred the prose version of storytelling um in comparison to just the verses and very like bare bones nature of poetry. But last year towards the end of 2020, I decided to focus a lot of more time on poetry, specifically like those big names in poetry, because I definitely felt like I was missing out on this genre and I needed to expand my library and doing so totally made me create this brand new love for this genre and makes me want to, Give it the spotlight that it deserves, um, especially the way that we should be taking it in. I think that more so than anything and more in this genre than anything else, our like current way of taking in poetry is just not how it should be. We just are not challenged the way that that we all can handle. Like You could be at any level of reader and read poetry and still be challenged and enjoy it. It doesn't have to just be like, right in your face. So that's kind of why I wanted to reiterate on this genre and put some fire underneath anyone out there who hasn't read poetry, or maybe exclusively only reads poetry books that have come out in the last five years. Um, Because there is a world out there that you're missing. And if you love poetry, then you will love these original works that may have fallen to the wayside over time. So... We're gonna jump right into it. This one won't be super like focusing on the book so much as just giving you a rundown of some great authors that I've read. And I do have a modern poetry book in here. Um, so don't fret, don't just feel like I'm shitting all over modern poetry because that's like eh, 95% true. <laughs> but that's okay. All right. So we're gonna go ahead and get started with our first recommendation. Okay, so to kick this thing off, I'm going to address this minor elephant in the room, and that elephant would be male poets, especially classic male poets, who I've seen some just freezing cold takes of on the internet about how they're really not that good, and they're not worth the time, and they're just blah, 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 you know, old and dumb and sexist or whatever stupid made-up argument about not reading these poets exists. Um And I'm out here to say, holy crap, is that so wrong? Is that just so out of pocket and not even remotely close to the truth? I can't even believe it. So I'm going to highlight three of my favorite male classic poets, and they are Walt Whitman, John Keats, and WB Yeats. I don't know why I'm showing this in the video. You can't read them. They're all backwards. But I... I was not a poetry person, like I said. These men were the ones that really kind of made me dip my toe into, like, some more classic poetry. And Jesus Christ, if you see my video, you can see those are all my tabs of poems that I just could not let go of from these works. Um, These poets, guys, they are probably some of the most romantic, beautiful, well thought out, emotional, captivating pieces of literature that I've read. And I was just so blown away that people could not enjoy these works um, that I had to bring them all in together and lump them in and and have a a nice little chat with y'all about them. Because please, if you love any kind of poetry, if you just love like love or feeling or just like, you know, being emotional, please check out these poets, any of the three, because holy crap, it is chock full of them. They are just, they have to do with the earth and with ourselves and with our connections to the universe and our connections to each other and our purposes in life and our purposes in love and, and our when we have these feelings of love and and lust and emotion and adoration, some of them aren't right and some of them are right. And what does that look like when they are meant to be and when they aren't? And it's just these big questions of the universe that we as human beings always ask ourselves because naturally we are introspective people and they do it and they frame it and they water it down into stanzas and verses and they just gut punch you with the emotion. And what is really clear in the talent of these, of these poets is that they're able to do it with so little words and so little, like, real, like, actual heft, but they get their point across in such a little amount of actual, like, language. And that is the mark of a true talent and a true skill. And that's why poetry, when it's good, it's really good, and when it's bad, it's really fucking bad. So here, in this instance, these three classics – if you've ever heard anything bad about W.B. Yeats, John Keats, or Walt Whitman, which I don't know why you would, but if you have, ignore them. Take it from a person who is not a poetry snob, but has read enough of her life to, to I hope at least some level, be able to tell the difference between good and bad, and... I'm telling you, these books are worth the read. These collections of works are so worth the read. I don't have any specific books of these three. I just have like the poetry of them. I just found them like five bucks somewhere at a bookstore. So they're not even like expensive to get into. You know, a lot of today's current readings, when you buy new books, God, it's a pricey freaking thing to do. And so- That's another reason why I found myself in the world of classics and old books because they're cheap and easy for me to get, um, which is another win. And then you get amazing prose and literature or poetry on top of it, which is like a double win. So check out these three authors, give their poetry a chance, especially with poetry more than anything else. If you don't feel those hooks sink into you within the first couple of pages or poems, don't give up on them because while there are plenty in those books that I loved, there's obviously going to be some that, some that, you know, just didn't really like hit as much as the other ones did because everyone's different. And again, that's like kind of the beauty of poetry is that everybody is hooked onto something else compared to everybody else. So check out W.B. Yeats, John Keats, and Walt Whitman and let me know what you guys think. Okay, so we touched base on the classic male poets, but I have one classic female poet um, Emily Dickinson, I have a book of her collected poems, and oh my god, I mean, if the men were emotional, the female voice of Emily Dickinson is just fucking amazing. I was blown away by her and her work. She is just this very real, visceral, a little bit melancholy, a little bit tragic of a voice that just punches through the page. Every one of her poems, even though they're not really that great to read or like fun of a theme to like dive into, they are just impossible to get out of because I want to know every literal feeling that this woman has. I want her to write it down for me and I want her to tell me it in the most flowery artistic way that she can possibly think of because she can do it in every way possible. She is just unbelievably amazing. And what I really, really love about Emily Dickinson is that where we are used to male voices getting into the nitty gritty, the dark, deep depths of human soul and psyche because, you know, especially older, more classic works, males were the ones doing those kind of deep dives into ourselves and into human life and those kinds of things. And if females did do it, then they weren't really just taking that seriously. So it didn't really matter. But Emily Dickinson, she does it and she does it so well that it's just impossible to deny her talent and her skill. She's not this happy-go-lucky woman. She's not this, you know, lovey-dovey. I'm all about peace and love in the universe type of person. She's a little bit nihilistic. She's a little bit depressing and a little bit dark and and moody and all these kinds of things. And I just love that because no person is one thing. And while we maybe tend to be more on one side than the other when it comes to our personalities. She does not fit the mold of what a woman would normally look like. She is, you know, she's just very rough around the edges and not in the way that she's like rude or anything. Rough around the edges in that she is she is emotional and she's alive and she's not going to sand down her her sharpness to live in this society that she found herself. She's not going to 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 shrink and and mold herself into something that doesn't belong to her. She is every aspect of her personality. She is hard and rough. And sometimes she's soft and sometimes she is loving and sometimes she is caring, but other times she's indifferent. She doesn't care. She's not going to put too much thought and, and energy into something that isn't giving her things. And in a lot of the thought and energy she is putting it into um, are sometimes things that maybe we shouldn't for the greater good of ourself and our health, but that doesn't matter because you know, as people, we tend to do the things that maybe is not the best for us. And that's kind of what she did. She lived in this world of of sad and of like upset and, and unfair. And for a lot of people, they will do anything to avoid being in that world. And for other people, they will sit in it and then create to get out of that world. And that's what Emily Dickinson did. She created and boy, did she create her talent is just beautiful chef's kiss. And the fact that she's a woman breaking down, real barriers, especially in literature and especially in poetry is just another amazing thing because what do we think of probably when we think of women poets is just, you know, I love him and I love, or I love her and I love life or I'm so heartbroken and all these things. And that's just not Emily Dickinson. That's just not who she is. And for a lot of people in her time, that was not something they appreciated. And she's one of those people that as time passed are, are emerging as, a female liter literature hero. She's not a made up person, but like in the world of literature, in the world of female authors, she's a hero, and I just absolutely love that about her. And when I read her poems, I just couldn't couldn't stop that very real visceral reaction of Jesus, this is this is art. Like this is really art right here. And that's such an awesome thing to feel in any way, like whether it's movies or TV, doesn't matter. But I really just appreciate everything Emily Dickinson does. So I would so highly recommend any of her collected works. Mine is just the Barnes and Noble classics collection of poems of Emily Dickinson's because you know how much I love that little (laughs) exclusive collection from Barnes and Noble. But that's the one that I read. She's probably got some other ones, some of her like actual works that she published. Um, I just got a bunch of them all together. But please check out Emily Dickinson and all of her amazing poetry and reach out and let me know what you guys thought. Okay, everyone, it's time to get modern. And now maybe more so than anything else, it's time for me to get a little bit riled up because as you can probably tell by now, I do love poetry and I very much appreciate art in every sense and shape of the word. I'm here for the artists. I'm not the kind of person who's just going to automatically judge somebody um, based on what kind of art they put out, especially as someone who puts out my own art in some kind of shape and whatever. Um, It's a little bit hypocritical for me to just judge people. So I don't. I love artists and I love art. But with that said, what the hell is modern poetry? It is not what it should be. I really didn't want to give a specific, but you probably heard this so many times on the internet, Milk and Honey is just like this perfect encapsulation of what modern poetry has become. And there are a ridiculous amount of poetry books copying this format of Milk and Honey. And listen, if you read Milk and Honey, no no shade, that's fine. I don't have an issue with you reading that. The issue that I have is if you think that that's the pinnacle of poetry because ugh, it is just so... Honestly, it's unfair. It's unfair to you as a reader to read something like that and and have somebody sell you that and say this is art. This is true art because come on now – I hate to be so angry about it, but it's just like, you could do that. Like you who probably is not a writer or an author, or maybe you read sometimes, or maybe you don't even fucking read at all. You could write that book. Like it's not digging that deep into anything. It's very, very surface level. Like probably the fucking definition of surface level is what milk and honey and those type of poetry books are. And my issue is you – as a consumer or just as a person taking an art should demand more. You should expect more, especially from a genre that is like all about human expression. That's not human expression. Just being like, he said goodbye and I sat and cried or something stupid like that. That's not expression. That's just, that's like sixth grade poetry right there. And if you're going to sell that book for, I don't know, fucking $10 at where at target or wherever you're at, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I have an issue with that. I have a problem with that because yes, it is an achievement to create a book and it is an achievement to publish a book, but not every book is art. Okay. Some of them should have never seen the light of day. And I'm not saying that about milk and honey, but I am saying that about a lot of modern poetry books. They are rotting away our brains. They are rotting away our ability to take in poetic literature because They are not challenging you at all. When I think of those books and I think of your brain and I think of your brain as this very vast and deep pool, even if you don't consider yourself a complicated, intelligent, deep person. I mean, that's really not true. Everyone is just like by being a human being, you are deep because you're alive and you have a conscience and that's going to make you deep. These books are mocking you. They're mocking your depth. They're mocking your ability to feel and your ability to express those feelings because it's what's written down on those pages is like the first thought that comes in your head when you have a feeling. And A lot of times, if you are a person who has created anything, you know first drafts are usually not the ones that see the light of day, as they shouldn't because we should censor and filter our thoughts and filter our works. So yeah, your first reactions, your first thoughts, and in those initial things. If they're, and this is what happens if they're literally just written down and not expounded on or expanded on or thought upon or built upon in any way, shape, or form, they're doing you a disservice. You're doing yourself a disservice because there are poets out there that will take a feeling that is universal as what poetry is. And they will shape it in a way that you may never have thought of before. And that is art and poetry. Not, I looked outside the window today and I couldn't go out because I was too sad. Or something. It's just so basic. It just is so basic. And there's nothing wrong with like introductory basic art. But there's a problem when these artists, I don't even know, Rupee something. I don't even remember what that person's fucking name was that wrote Milk and Honey. But they've created a new template. And that is my issue because burn the template, burn it, pretend like you never saw it. We can create poetry out of just being alive, even without any past experience. And these people know this, but they don't care because they don't want to like really dig into the artistic integrity of art and of literature. And they know that a lot of us, the lay people in the world, don't dig in to Literature and art, as much as like beyond what's presented to us. And that's okay because we should seek out the things that we find connections to when it's presented. Maybe you like one thing more than the other, you go and search that thing out. Totally fine. The thing is, Those books, modern poetry, are not what poetry is. And I have two modern poetry books that are good examples of poetry. I have Courtney Peppernell, Pillow Thoughts. She's got like five fucking books out now. And then I have Nikita Gill. She did Great Goddesses, and she's done other ones as well. Um, Amazing. Perfect, actual, long, like really thought-out passages of poetry that don't just have to do with heartbreak. That's my other big issue is these modern poetry books. Ladies. Are you only the people that you love? Are you only the people that have broken your heart? No, you are a person. You are a well-rounded person who may have had a bad experience in a relationship, but that's not your defining trait. And that's what these books are, that heartbreak and love are like the only things worth expounding and defining. And that's another massive issue I have because, um, no, just no. What do you mean? I, I. You can't like convince me that these th- these books are artistic and they have the integrity of artists because they just fucking don't. So the two books that I have, sorry, I got really freaking worked up there. And I could get more worked up, but I'm controlling myself. Pillow Thoughts and Great Goddesses. Pillow Thoughts is so absolutely beautiful. When I read Courtney Pepp, this Courtney Peppernell's first book. When I read this, I was floored by her. I mean she has her heartbreaks in there you know she's got her stereotypical poetry stuff but this book is all about you and it's all about your inner power and like the ability that you're able to create and your inner shine and i love that we should be focusing on ourselves and and our relationships and like those things that other poetry books might focus on instead we can relate them to ourselves in the way that we move on from them without focusing solely on this other person and this cause of pain so that's like my thing is like Courtney Peppernow will take the breakup trope. But instead of being like, this person broke me and I'll never be the same, she says, I am broken, but I'm going to take my shards and look at this thing that I built from all the pieces of meat that this person left behind. It's just two totally different ways of looking at the same thing. And you should look for the one that is focused on you. Stop reading poetry books that are crying about losing a loved one. Stop reading, like not a loved one, but like a relation, like a relationship, a significant other. Stop reading those because one, you don't need another person to complete you in life. And two, you don't need a kind of a grifter. Honestly, those books are so bad. I think that they're like grifting people out of money to tell you what is worth your time and energy to put your emotions in. Because I'm, I right here as me, I don't know you if I do know you, then this is doubly true. But I I don't know you. And I'm telling you, you deserve better than those books. You deserve better than just the surface level, because we are not surface level beings. So if you want a more modern one, that it will definitely be easier to get into. These are also female authors. Try Pillow Thoughts. Try Great Goddesses. You'll probably see what I mean if you've only ever read Milk and Honey before. Or if you've never read Milk and Honey, read one of these and then read Milk and Honey. And girl, boy, they, you will see what I'm talking about. It is just like kind of ridiculous at this point, the difference between these like types of art, but I digress. I want to challenge you out there as readers and as people taking in art, we need to get better at taking in art so that we know what's good and what's not good and, and where to put our energy and time because you know, you are important and your time is important and you shouldn't waste it on people that are just going to be like, Oh, surface level. Oh, first thought I've ever had. Oh, let me scratch the depth of what I really feel. And that'll be fine for you. You don't need any more. Fuck that. That's all I got to say to that. <laughs> and that is a wrap on episode eight. This one definitely feels like I was angry when I came in to record it. And I hope that, uh, I didn't push people away from like trying out poetry or thinking that I'm a freaking maniac. Um, I just get really, you know, I get really wound up about this kind of stuff because I I care about what people take in and I care about the art that people take in. And I think that we should learn how to distinguish good and bad so that when we do go to take in art, it's worthwhile art. And it's art that is, will make us better consumers of it and also artists maybe ourselves. So those were some poetry recommendations. Like I said, I didn't go super in depth about like what's in these books, because again, with poetry, it's not just like one fluid story. So I would have to like highlight individual poems, which I could do, but I didn't want to do so I didn't. So check out the books that I recommended. I'll go real quick. I have poetry of Walt Whitman, the poetry of W.B. Yeats, the poetry of John Keats, The Collected Poems of Emily Dickinson, I Have Pillow Thoughts by Courtney Peppernell, and I Have Great Goddesses by Nikita Gill. All amazing, beautiful works of poetry that deserve the time and energy, are worthwhile for you to read and enjoy, and are not going to be wasting your time and effort like a lot of poetry books tend to do these days. So give any of those books a shot. Um... I uh, don't really know what next week's episode is going to be. I kind of just randomly decided on poetry this week. So I guess we'll see what happens. But episode 10, two weeks from now, I think that I'm going to be doing a Harry Potter episode, everyone. I think that it's about hey time. I dive into one of my favorite book series of all time. And because Harry Potter is so popular, if there's anyone out there listening who would like to send in some opinions about your Harry Potter uh, readings or experiences or what's your favorites or, you know, those really common popular questions when it comes to the Harry Potter universe, your answers to those, send them my way. DM me over at, on Instagram at read, read, read your heart out. Also give me a follow if you don't already Um, subscribe to the pod. So you know, when every new episode comes up, Um, and I will hopefully include some of you listeners opinions on HP because it's just such a diverse, awesome world. And I'm sure you don't just want to get my opinions. You'd like to see what other people out there are thinking too. So that's probably going to be episode 10. We got one in between that. So plenty of time, but until then, um, check me out on Insta. Like I just said, my personal is Ange Suris. Um, but in the meantime, Stay safe out there, everybody. Make sure that we are treating everyone with kindness. And of course, read your heart out.